from the creators who brought you RuPaul's Drag Race and Million Dollar Listing. This is World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Well, hello everyone and welcome to this week's edition of the Wow Report on Radio Andy, where we count down the top 10 things that make us go wow. Wow. This is our, I think it's our sweet 16th episode from Quarantine. Um, yeah, we're all remote. Um, I'm here with Tom Campbell. I'm not here. Tom Campbell is not here either. Tom is with me virtually, remotely. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Tom. Hi, Tom. And filling in for James St. James, as if you could ever fill in for James St. James, <laughs> eclipsing James St. James, dare I say this, is Bianca Del Rio. Hello, hello, hello. You need no introduction, but you are the winner of RuPaul's Drag Race Season 6. Season 6. And you know, when you say Season 6, it sounds like forever. Because what, you're 12 now, right? 12, Season 12, and then there's like 52 fucking All-Star seasons you've had. So, yes, I'm up there. 16, you're one of the originals. Almost. You're the old guard, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it almost begs for a return of Bianca in some way. I don't know what it might be. Oh, oh yeah, well, mm. talk to my lawyer, yeah. <laughs> okay, so we're going to start the countdown. Yes. And of course, at number 10, 10, 10, 10s across the board. Number 10. Bianca Del Rio. Woo! Well, I mean, you know, life's been good. I, I recently, right before the quarantine happened, I lucked out. Uh, I was in London doing a musical called Everybody's Talking About Jamie. Uh, I was able to do two stints of that. So I did it in, uh, in the spring and then I did it in the fall. And following that, came home and was going to go house shopping and get my tonsils out. And in the midst of this, everything fucking went to shit. So I have been trapped in a house of boxes since it all started. But you're, I think you're in the desert, right? You're sojourning in the desert. Is that right? That I am. No, no, you know, I didn't think I was going to like it at first because I'd only been to Palm Springs once. And I said, you know, I could live here uh, because mainly old people, which are going to make me look younger. Uh, I can deal with the heat because I'm from New Orleans. And, you know, air condition. Y'all gave me $100,000. I can pay for air condition now. I'm a fancy bitch. <laughs> but doesn't your air conditioning that fail? Slowly, I have to say. You're spending that very slowly. <laughs> a little bit here, a little bit there. What is the temperature right now? I think today was 118, which is kind of insane. But I have to say, though, coming from New Orleans and also living in New York, there is no humidity. So literally in the sun itself, it's really hot. But as soon as you get into the shade, it's not bad. Or if you're shady as I am, you know. 118 Fahrenheit still sounds kind of like the end of the world to me. Sorry. Hey, I'm looking at you two and this virus exists. (laughs) I also want to point out that that either there's two theories. And these are conspiracy theories and take them either way. One is... Because you literally have been traveling on the road, doing gigs around the country and the world since season six until the moment that COVID started and shut down the world. So you're close. I had one break because I had vocal cord surgery because uh, they found a pube in my throat. And then I had that removed. So that took right. a couple weeks out of me. But literally since then, yeah. yeah. And I think by your stopping, the universe either had to replace you with COVID. That was that. <laughs> Or you've been spreading COVID around the world and finally you were done. And you have, you know, now the whole world has a little I bit I never of- thought I'd say this publicly, but I think you're on me. Yeah, you're on to me. On to me. Yes. Oh, but was that adjustment, I mean, was it a difficult adjustment from being permanently on the road to like lockdown then? 
Well, I've made my house look like a hotel, number one. That's been very beneficial. But also, it's just been like, you know, I, this past two weeks have been the more challenging one because now everything's kind of getting in place and all my furniture's kind of arriving that I've ordered online. So now I kind of feel like, okay, what's next? What's next? You know? Yeah. And as you're writing Corona jokes, you're sitting back thinking, oh, shit, is this going to matter later? It, I mean, you know, when we finally do get back out to work, everybody's going to have a fucking Corona, you know, monologue. So um, I've just been slowly thinking of my hateful things, using it on my neighbors. You know, some of them are just rental properties. They're not here all year. Some of them are old. So I'm just happy if I get a grunt. But that's kind of where I'm at right now. I'm I'm obsessed with conspiracy theories just now, which I won't talk about because it gets too political. Obsessed with them, and I can't believe how stupid people are who believe them. But maybe you should, for your act, you can be a COVID denier. Never happened. You see? (laughs) Gia Gunn did that recently. What an asshole. I was like, ah. But, you know, it it is kind of fascinating because I want, you know, I became that person. I had come back from London. I was sick in London for a week. And then I was that asshole at the airport going, oh, well, I must have had it. I mean, it must, I must be safe now. But uh, my assistant, Jamie, who you know, keeps telling me to wear a mask. And it's not because of COVID. It's because I'm just ugly. But, yeah, that's where we are. That's where we are. Well, for those of you missing uh, Bianca on the road, you can stream Hurricane Bianca from Russia with Hate on Netflix. Uh, her book, Blame It on Bianca, the expert on nothing with an opinion on everything, is available on Amazon. I mean, we can get our Bianca fix with you. Yeah, I also have it. You know, I have my, my special, which hasn't been out yet. So that's coming out soon, the one that I that I just filmed. And also, you know, new tour dates that we're just kind of sorting around and trying to figure out. You know, looking like 2021 is the opportunity. I was just talking to uh, Harvey Firestein, who I love dearly. It sounds so fancy. But he'll talk to anybody. He's not that special. But he, he told me he was working on a version of Funny Girl. And as he was discussing it, all I'm thinking is, it's going to be me. It's going to be me. No, he needed more tech people. So that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. It's probably not going to be till next year. Okay, well, stick around for the rest of the show and chime in as we keep counting down the top 10 things that made us go, wow. Number nine, Tom. Number nine. Kanye West, Kanye's crisis. I, you know, I tiptoe into the subject. I didn't even know whether to bring it up because ultimately it feels like a very unfunny topic because he is suffering, I think, it would appear, from mental illness that, you know, He's running for president. He's going off about Harriet Tubman. Uh, he's ha- has boldly said things about Kim, and he was considering aborting their child. You know, some people want to write it off as like he's. This is just promo for his new album, which it is, which this is right now. Um, and also, he's called Chris Jenner, like I forget Kim Jong Un or like some kind Chris of Jong-un. Chris Jong Un, which is actually kind of funny. Right. Have you seen them both in the same room? Let's be fucking real. That's true. It's uncanny. True. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. What do you guys think? What do you do? You try to ignore this, or what do you what do you make of it all? What should we do? Well, Not I mean, I, I recently made a comment. I put on Twitter last night. I said, you know, Kanye's complaining and crying and saying all this crazy shit. I said he should just save that till he's eliminated on Drag Race. That's when it's most important. That's when you get sympathy. And then people are like, mental health and blah, 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 blah. I come from a world of, he's got money, he's got family, he's got insurance, he's got the best doctors in the world. Look, 
What else? Are we? we don't need another crazy person in office that's a pseudo celebrity. Let's be real. You know, I thought it was kind of weird when he said he was running for president. I thought that was crazy, but I didn't realize that perhaps it was a manifestation of, of what's going on with him because the, definitely the last couple of days have the things have escalated. But, yeah. And you're completely right about having the, the, the best resources. But I think that the terrible thing about mental illness is simply that when, when you've lost your mind, you are the last person who thinks you need help. And it's very yeah. hard to get someone help if they won't allow it themselves. So it's a sort of... And that's why we invited you here today, Bianca. <laughs> if you heard from all of us that you might have a breakthrough and realize you're but listen though why does every crazy person tweet that's what i don't understand is there something in the phone saying tell us your secrets why is it always the fucking twitter go be crazy alone like miss havisham be norma desmond live in your own fucking world at home you've got money you've got people to lie to you i don't understand that twitter connection it's wild and maybe that is, you know, all of our awareness around mental health, which seems much more heightened, you know, yeah. in the past years. Maybe it's because of social media, because people used to be crazy in the attic or crazy yeah. walking down the street or crazy amongst their friends. But now part of the crazy is broadcasting it to millions and billions and millions of people. So, And don't you find people just love sympathy? People love the sympathy for the crazy people. It's just like, oh, you're crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know a lot of cra crazy people. I'm looking at two right now. <laughs> what it is. What it is. I, think, I think Twitter may actually itself be, is, were you saying, Tom, that Twitter itself could be a slightly crazy idea? The idea that you can be sort of... Real it's aggrandizing, right? It's, it's having yeah. a voice and reaching out. You know, it's uh, the Amanda Bynes of it all, the, you know, the, yeah. the, that whole thing. So anyway, I don't wish harm to anyone or badness. Kanye, I hope they get him under control. I don't, you know, it's not an easy thing. Yeah. Um, but, you know, please don't consider him for president, please. Whatever you do. That's, that's, please. I think that's right. Um, but actually, if you are feeling crazy or unwell or dealing with mental illness or no friend, you can always go to a crisis text line. You, you just, you text home, H-O-M-E to 741-741. There you so, go. Thank you. Uh, number eight. Number eight. Tom, I, I mean, I was going to talk about Netflix, I May Destroy You, but I'm only on episode six and I'm in such a state about it. I can't, I can't talk about it. And so, but then I read this article and this is for you because uh, it's called the Conspiracy Singularity Has Arrived. And it's an article by Anna Merlin on Vice News. It's a long feature. It's a great read. And her basic idea is, what is going on, A, with all these conspiracy theories? Why do we seem to be increasingly subscribing more and more to conspiracy theories, number one? And then number two, they always used to have their own lane. But now they've all merged into one mega gigantor conspiracy theory. Um, which, of course, is QAnon is the sort of uh, nexus, right, of this. I, it is a kind of crazy situation. And you, you were saying, Tom, that you thought you're very much about conspiracy theories. Why are you? What's well, happening? What, what got me focused is on CNN uh, this past week. Uh, who's the international reporter? Faraz. I'm going to find out his name and say it correctly after the commercial. But he did an hour special that I'm sure you can get on demand or something. And it's the Trump, it was hashtag Trump conspiracy. And they were singling him out because he's the first, conspiracies 
on the, on a major scale, they said, have existed since the Kennedy assassination. When yes. something so de- so something so devastating happens, they can't believe that it's a single person that right. could cause it. You know, it's too mind-boggling. And yeah. as humans, we all tend to gravitate toward conspiracy theories because we want things to make sense. We want answers. But it's just grown bigger and bigger and crazier and crazier. And now there's all these media outlets. Q- QAnon. There, there's that awful guy who yells. What's his name? The, the one who said that uh, Sandy Hook was... Um, uh, uh, never no, uh, Alex Jones. Alex Jones. You know, they, they talk about him. And the worst part is, while there have always been conspiracy theories, they're in the White House. Trump retweets them. Yeah. Uh, uh, um, who's the one that went to uh, jail and got let out? Uh, Michael Flynn right. uh, was, was just recently recorded saying the QAnon uh, like oath. Like, it's not subtle. It's happening. And the only result to me is chaos and destruction. There's no end game than that. But do you think it's just a lot of deflection? Do you think that it's just like with, with the serious stuff that's going on, it's like, let's just throw this out, look over here, look over there, kind of a situation? Yes, but then it's all the people that absorb it. As awful as Trump is, the Republican Party is, and the yeah. conspiracy people are, it's the people that believe it. It's this grassroots, like, I feel like we're not 50-50, but I feel like we're in this crazy split. And part of it is that, well, I don't believe anything, you know? Yeah. I think yeah. it may be an American predisposition to magical thinking, that uh, just a belief in things, a sort of a faith or a belief in things that just do not exist. Because for some reason, rational, logical, educated, scientific explanation is insufficient or doesn't no. give you what you want. And so they embrace, because it is a little like, it, it is a little like ex, a sort of super evangelical faith, isn't it? It's the same. Believing in something that's, the less actual real evidence there is, scientific evidence for it, the more you believe it. Yeah. The more, the more- I mean, I'm, I'm convinced that the Bible is just a bunch of people in robes making up shit. It's like Reddit. That's really what the Bible is. All these years, it's people like, girl, let me tell you what he said. Girl, let me right. tell you what happened then. And Miss Thing. And, you know, Jesus had enough. That's why he was hiding in that cave all those days. It happens. It's tricky. I- I just want to. It's Fareed Zakaria is the is the uh, is the the reporter on CNN, the anchor, and it was yeah. called. I think, the, I think it was called the Trump conspiracy or conspiracies, and it, it's it's a wonderful. It's one hour. It flies by, and it also talks about at one point we've always been wondering. We always had questions, and then it was first. It was God that was this yeah. conspiracy theory. Then it was kind of science in the twentieth century, right? It was like yeah. the age of enlightenment and science, and now it's turned into these crazy, wacky anti-science, anti-religion, really. And, um, and it's also the big the big conspiracy of season seven, you know, Violet and Ginger Minge. I mean, that, honey, shook the world. Shook the world. Bianca, thank you for bringing us back. It's really important. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right, it's the perfect time to take a break. And Blake, you've got a question for us, right? I do, I do. Since two-thirds of you have written a book, um, I mean, this isn't counting Tom's little black book. <laughs> what is the dot on the lowercase j and I called? The lowercase dot. The I on the lowercase j and the lowercase I. The dot. Right. I don't know what it's called. It's a punctuation question. Perfect moment for us to take a pause. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, you're listening to Wow Report on Radio Andy, and we'll be right back with our superstar guest, Bianca Del Rio, after the break. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with Tom and the legendary, the one, the only, Bianca Del Rio. Ah, uh, hello. I gotta tell you, uh, RuPaul's Drag Race Vegas Review is coming to VH1 Friday, August the 21st at 8 p.m. We follow six legendary drag queens in their journey as performers in RuPaul's Drag Race Live, the residency at Flamingo Las Vegas. That's uh, a Dawson series, totally yeah. different. No, yeah. one's yeah. Yeah. no one goes home. No one gets eliminated, right? Evie Oddly, Asia. No, they all got sent home thanks to Corona. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Ah! Wah, wah. Uh, Asia O'Hara, Derek Barry, Cameron Michaels, Naomi Smalls, and Vanessa Vangie Mateo. Ooh. All right, Those so- are my favorite queens of all time, Bianca. Oh, God. It's the who to or who cares. Yes. <laughs> Exclusively uh, hand picked. Top choices, whoever was available. Got it, got it. <laughs> oh, the pain of it, the pain. Blake asked us a question before the break. Let's see yes. if we know the answer. What was the question, Blake? Yes, it's a punctuation question. What do you call the dot on the lowercase j or the lowercase i? I didn't think it had a specific name. What is it? called Tilde's, so I'm going to call this a Matilda. I think it's a jot. It's actually a tittle. A tittle? tittle. A tittle. I think I'm closest. T-I-T-T-L-E. Tittle. Now, I wonder, can, I wonder who sent in that question. Is that your question, or did someone send that in? I, I found it on the internet. Oh, you found it. Oh, you've got a lot of time. Oh, well, then I also very it. I don't know. Oh. Tittle. 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 Come tickle my tittle. Yeah, okay. <laughs> All right, we're counting down the top 10 things a minute ago. Wow, this week we've reached number seven, Tom. Number seven. Well, you know, we're going through a very tough time right now. All of us are conquering in the world. And I'm so glad that my brother and sister are safe and well in New Hampshire. And every now and then they call with something cheery or my nephew. My brother just sent me an article <clears throat> that was uh, featured in the BBC. And it said that fertility rate, jaw-dropping global crash in children being born. I had to share the misery because I didn't know what to do with all that. The birth rate is, yeah. is, is like averages like 2.1 per person. Yeah. And it's going down to two and China and Japan are going to have a, by the year 2100, which I guess Bianca won't be alive by then. So <laughs> uh, I know. The odds. Um, yeah. anyway, but Fenton has two children and they, and they may very well be alive at that point. And they're saying that the young, and it's, it's basically because people have choices and, 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 and there's fertility, you know, there's, um, contraception and all that but um uh it means that there won't be enough of a working force to pay for all of the health care and needs of the old folks interesting and you'd think that it was great because of the environment because i hear less population i always think there's just too many people that's the problem no and that's why you're always sending people home on drag race get out of here 
But no, that that is pretty fascinating. And this is like the first time in history, like the first time in what? The last 50 years that it's happened? But no, in a long time. I mean, I think the population has been growing and growing and growing. Yeah. And, and now it's a, it's about to plummet and, and, and everywhere. And it's going to have a huge. But then I throw in, I, I'm no futurist, but like robots and robots taking over people's jobs and yeah. virtual reality. But um, who knows what, I mean, just think about what it's going to be like in 2100. Kind of exciting. In 2064, I read that the global population is expected to peak at seven, uh, 9.73 billion and then decline. And that this this pandemic has, uh, is also, in fact, people aren't having babies in the pandemic. But the, the thinking seems to be that people don't want to have babies or bring babies into a dangerous world. So it might accelerate. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, it, well, once again, I mean, gays can adopt children or have surrogates, but I'm sure if they could fuck, we'd have a lot of babies. You know what I mean? Think about it in this world at this time, you know? And, and then I saw a story on 60 Minutes that in Hungary, yeah. which is becoming more and more authoritarian, at first it was like this happy, happy story about how they're, you can get uh, incentives to have children. Uh-huh. And you can get loans, and then you can get, with one child you can get loan forgiveness. With the second child, you can you know all of these bonuses. But then that was sounds great, and I was like, you know, I should have some children quick while I can in Hungary. And sure. then I just for the extra bucks. And yeah. then um, they were sort of saying that then they kind of pick and choose which kind of people. Oh, oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of another kind of pure, you know, European wow. bread. Kind of people, and the other downside is the kids actually live, and then you got to deal with them. That that's the that's the work. My brother sent me that article for the BBC saying, you know, uh, jaw dropping fertility rate, you know, world's ending, and I just wrote back, guilty as charged. (laughs) It's all your fault. (laughs) It may go the other way because I also read that some condom manufacturers are having to close down because of the COVID, and so a lack of condoms may result in more babies. This is interesting. I had no idea. I mean, I don't, I don't bother with condoms. I wear a full hazmat suit when I have sex. Number one, because it's safe. And number two, people say it's sexy. <laughs> it's often requested, I'm sure. Yes, it is. <laughs> it was one night we were both drunk. Why are you telling the whole world? Oh, it's that way, tonight. Seven, that's seven. No one's having babies. So, Tom, what's number six? Number six. Celebrities are having babies. (laughs) Ah! I don't know. I was just trolling around the internet looking for some happy news. And you know what? There's not a lot, as you can tell by the sound of this thing. But Nicki Minaj, who was amazing on the season premiere of season 12, um, and I got to meet her, her, I thought was boyfriend, but her husband then, and they seemed very tight, spent a lot of time together seem very affectionate and now she has posed uh on the instagrams and things in full Nicki minaj fabulousness and for once she has i mean she's a beautifully shaped woman very unusually shaped woman but for once she's balanced because she's got that big old booty and she got that big old baby bump well i I looking at the picture i just thought an implant shifted i didn't know what the (laughs) hell happened i mean We've all been in that position when we've left a Mexican restaurant after eating too much. But definitely, 
you know, Lady Bunny needs to work on getting her ass a little bigger so she could look properly proportioned. I think that would give her a much better silhouette of the letter S. But good for her. It what is. It, 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 I love all these people that get all this plastic surgery and then they have kids. And I go, oh, what's the kid going to look like? We forget what they really look like. When movie stars with nose jobs and things get together, you don't know what honker is going to come out under a little baby intensity or whatever they call it. Yeah. You're like, oh, shit. That's truth right there. Truth. Yeah. Now that's that's a pregnancy that's about to happen. And I did see a very, and I love you, Nicki Minaj. I'm not just, you know, we're looking for joy wow. in this. But there is a diagram that tried to explain how Nicki Minaj can sleep, like to sleep on her back. I sleep did try it. So I, I think it would be some kind of like yummy, comfortable sling of sorts. That that's just how, well, that's how she got pregnant. And then the last, the just this baby just really popped out of nowhere. Yeah, and that is Justin Timberlake and Jessica Biel had a surprise baby. They knew about it. it wasn't like they were going to the prom. <laughs> that I was going to um, say. <laughs> And I guess it's one good thing about for celebrities who want to keep things on the down low. That was yeah. one good thing about COVID. Like there was nobody going in and out of no paparazzi, no at the airport, no good restaurants. But I thought it must have been like a surrogate. But I guess Miss Jessica Biel had a baby. And this kind of, I hope, puts to rest all those rumors that Justin was caught sort of holding a girl's hand and Jessica was really angry at him. I think I, I would venture to believe, even though there's truth in everything, that Jessica Biel and Justin Timberlake are so solid, so together that their publicists come up with side scandals just to make them kind of interesting. Because otherwise, they're just kind of happy and at home. My publicist constantly is saying, I'm untalented. I'm completely useless. (laughs) Sometimes (laughs) it's factual. Sometimes it's, you know. So all those mean tweets are are, are planted by your publicist. (laughs) Completely. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My my publicist slash housekeeper slash, anyway, yeah. So blessings to the Justin Timberlakes, Mr. and Mrs. Justin Timberlake, and 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 good health and healthy uh, birth coming from Miss Nicki Minaj and her, and her man. Yes. Okay. From very young things to very old things. Who's seen uh, my n- number five? Number five. Who's seen the Old Guard? Help me remember what that is. The Old Guard is not a movie with Lady Barney. It, <laughs> it is- <laughs> It is. It's a Netflix movie. It's uh, Charlize Theron. Right. She and she. She's one of five immortal warriors who cannot die. And um, I suppose they Lady Bunny. (laughs) (laughs) They go around doing good things, good deeds, um, but they're indestructible until. And this is the plot of the movie. Spoiler alert: uh, a, a drug lord or a pharmaceutical evil person has identified them, and he's determined to capture them so he can study them and turn them in, you know, create a, a medical miracle of immortality. Um, that's the sort of top line, but it's actually this really gay superhero movie. And uh, Charlize is a, is a witch from, from centuries ago, and her girlfriend is called Quinn, Q-U-Y-N-H, and they've been burned at the stake and they've been submerged in iron caskets but they've been together for eternity we've all been and there is a lesbian for life yes and even yes. better even better there's joe and nikki two guys joe is a muslim queer person from oh. the crusades and joe and nikki would kill each other in the crusades he was a christian and they're boyfriends and there's this great scene where they're like 
and they're immortal, but they they have flaws because otherwise, what would how would how would the movie progress? So they're captured, and they wake up. They come to in the back of a van, and the mercenaries say, "Ah, oh, are you boyfriends?" And Joe says, "I'm just going to read this." He says, "You're a child, an infant. Your mocking is infantile. He's not my boyfriend." This man is more to me than you can dream. He's the moon when I am lost in darkness, warmth when I shiver in cold. His kiss still fills me, even after a millennium. His heart overflows with the kindness which of this world is not worthy. I love this man beyond measure and reason. He's not my boyfriend. He's all and he's more. And then they oh, make it in the back of the man. Telenovela. It's a telenovela. I've seen that shit before. <laughs> Oh, Sofia Vergara can deliver that much better. <laughs> Seen it. Every Spanish soap opera. I, had, I thought it was kind of, I was shocked. I was watching it with my kid in the room. I was like, oh my God. I was shocked. You could remember all that. That's a lot of dialogue. I'm I shocked. Have, I pass the billboard every day on Sunset, and I, uh, I read that it's like one of the most viewed movies on yeah. Netflix. Yes, yeah, wow. 72 million households in the first four weeks. It's a wow. phenomenon. Yeah. All right. So I'll get into it. The old guard on the old guard. And speaking of, just announced, uh, is back with new episodes August fifth on Wow Presents Plus. Sign up for Wow Presents at wowpresentsplus.com. And that's Trixie, Trixie Mattel and Katya. For those who don't know, because the title uh, doesn't translate that way to the radio. I don't think. Maybe it does. Maybe I'm maybe I'm old fashioned. Maybe I'm old guard. I don't know. <laughs> You're having a bit of a tittle, I think. <laughs> Leave my tittle out of this. <laughs> hey, let's take a break. Uh, Blake, have you got a question? Let's take a break. <laughs> I do have a question. Okay, not including foreign franchises or the celebrity drag race contestants. How many queens have competed on RuPaul's Drag Race season one through season 12? I should know this. Are we counting Bianca or not? We are. Uh, I would say no, no, no. After 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 the break, you're listening to the Wow Report. We'll have the answer for you right after the break. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. Welcome back to the Wow Report. I know you've been on the edge of your seat during the break, waiting for the answer to Blake's question. Yes, I asked. Not including foreign franchises or the celebrity drag race contestants. How many queens have competed on RuPaul's Drag Race seasons one through twelve? The regular seasons, not not the um, uh, All Stars, or with right because they would count. They were already on. All right, all right, all right. I would say I remember vividly that Derek was the hundredth. So I'm gonna say one forty-eight. It's a very good guess. I used to know this. I'm going to go higher and say 149 because I'm a bitch. Oh, I'm going to go 136. Well, it's 156. 156 queens. 157. 157 if you count me. Oh, because you count into me. Yeah. <laughs> and you might cover the back. I love that. It's just the American community. We have some, we have casts from UK and Thailand and Canada. So, we are shaking up the world. I love if you that. add that all in, it's over 200. That's Almost. Mm. All right, well, that's a perfect segue, right, to number four. Number four. 
this is it tonight. If you don't watch, this is a good time. If you do watch, it's the grand finale of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 5. I have not rehearsed this conversation with Bianca. I'm afraid to ask, but here it goes. Have you been watching? Well, you know what's funny? I have a call. I catch up with everything after like three or four episodes. I can't watch it in unison because it makes me too pissed. I want to know. Like, I don't like wait, not, not waiting. So I did watch the last one uh, where they had to make clothes. I was finally glad to see a sewing challenge. Kudos to you people. Uh, but I, I have been watching. And, you know, it, it's, it's also this weird thing. I've kind of been behind the screen, behind the scenes myself, you know, being on the show. So when I watch it, I'm watching, especially this group, some of my friends. So it's interesting and fascinating to see that I go, are they really that talented or, or are they really a cunt? And then when I watch it, I go, no, no, they're not talented. Yes, they are a cunt. But it has been a good season, I think. You had some good gals up there. We did. It's been an amazing season. It's down to the top three queens, Shea Coulee, Juju B, and Ms. Cracker. It's funny, and all the queens get to come back. So there's, there's a, a cameo uh, appearance by everybody. So they're a runway, and it's all that kind of stuff. There's a great uh, music extravaganza, as you can imagine. But I do think, you know, I'm prejudiced, and I'm selling, but I, I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. I'm making the Kool-Aid, and yeah. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid. <laughs> but, it was, you know, every, I'm a nervous, nervous person. I always expect the worst thing to happen. COVID-19 is, is, is relaxing for me. A global yeah, pandemic. Yeah. Oh, I have earthquake packs in my trunk of my car. I have whole closets filled with earthquake materials. Um, but I'm nervous every year. And the all-stars, people always, you know, are, are so critical. or They think they know who's best. These were talented queens. Alexis Mateo. Yeah is a talented yeah. queen. India Farah brings a whole, I mean, they just bring what they have. They've been doing it for years yeah. and, and they love it. And even Derek Barry, who came and left the first, which is crazy, but Derek does, Derek does star. He's one of the stars, one of the standouts in the uh, Vegas show. Um, yeah. You know, it, it's awful when people have to come and go. It really is, but it is, there's no losers on drag race. And it's been a tremendous season. They uh, aren't afraid. No one's, no one's quit. No Good. one's written their name on a lipstick. Good, but, you know it's 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 people are there to play, and that's yeah. audience loves it, and and it's a it's it's a great you know since we can't sort of be among our gays uh, socially, I think it's been still very nice with season twelve and now all stars for us to be at least all sitting in front of the TV and yeah. uh, tweeting our asses off. And you know, I think that in its own weird way, COVID has you know whereas before people would be out at the bars watching it together. Yeah. People are now forced to be at home watching it, and it's been um, it's been good for ratings in that respect for sure. But yeah. I think it brought some real joy and a happiness at a time of at a really fucking dark time. Complete. Know? I mean, unless you're on Fire Island, then you're at some meth party. But that's a whole nother story. Oh, what a shit show that is! Oh my so God. everybody's been asking me online, and they keep going, "Which team are you? Which team are you?" Because they feel that like you have some influence if you say it. And I just have to say it, and I'm going to say it now. I haven't said it on. I yep. am Team Joe Biden. That's where he is. And I will just point out one more thing to that point. At the yep. end of every show, if you've noticed, we come out with little plackets on season 12 and all stars that say register to vote at yeah. vote.gov. It's, it's such a We shot this last summer before things became like there was just a shit show last summer before it was the super shit show. Yeah. And yeah. vote.gov is easy. You plug in your, 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 um, area code your zip code and boom you can register to vote so yes, thank vote you for vote. Um, all right uh eight o'clock 
the grand finale of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 5. Be there. Team Jujube, Team Miss Cracker, Team Shea Coulee. That is correct. All right, number three. Number three. All right, Tom, I'm going to give you a little rest so your vocal cords so you can we'll, we'll flip-flop, right? <laughs> <laughs> number three, this is a book so hot, you have to read it. So hot, it should be printed on asbestos. I am holding up a copy of Dear Groups. And this is like a, it's a text. There's a lot of words, which uh, I, I haven't read, but I have looked at the pictures. And it's and written for an amazing record of life on the piers, on the waterfront in New York in the 70s. Now, wow. I, I am the old guy. I'm very old myself, but I'm not old enough that I was in New York in the 70s. I sort of missed that scene when I moved to New York. Yeah. The piers were sort of, had kind of gone, but but there was a time when from being the busiest shipping port in the world, right, the piers yeah. sort of crumbled and fell down and they became this playground for the newly emergent queer community. And and in, amazingly, like one of them, I think it was Pier 57, Pier 34, David Wojnarowicz, this East Village artist, basically turned the whole place into a gallery. I was just packed with art, East Village art, art made by gay people, you know, a lot of graffiti art and uh, subway type art. And it just sounds amazing. Well, it's good to get you to relive that. Is that why James is not here? He's home looking at the book going, oh, I remember that night. Oh, I remember this. Oh, I was there. Oh, I know her. Oh, I was. <laughs> Listen, as you can see behind me, I love books and I love reading. And I also love any any gay history. So I'm quite excited to get this book. And what's it called again? All right. It's called Peer Groups. Peer, Peer Group. Group. Which a title apparently uh, inspired by a gay porn movie. Um, Even better. Yeah. And it's got lots of like naked men fucking yeah. and yeah. supporting naked. And it's really, it really it's an instructional manual as well. Yeah. Gay yeah. men. It's and, fun and- for the whole family when you're homeschooling, right? It's fun right. for your whole family. The joy of text. Here Stop we are. Suppers. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, don't okay, get yeah. Wait, looking at the pictures. <laughs> so that's Peer Groups by Jonathan Weinberg, who's a, who's a professor at the Rhode Island School of Design. He teaches at the Yale School of Art and things of that nature. Um, okay. Number two. Number two. Are you guys Billy Eichner fans? Yes. I am very much. And yeah. you know him as Billy on the street. He's obviously become more of an actor through the American Horror Stories and some other parts. He, it was just announced this week that he is developing to star and to help write and develop a Paul Lind biopic. Fascinating. C- currently titled Man in the Box, because I guess of Hollywood yeah. Squares. Hollywood Squares, yeah. But I felt like, you know, gays, 70s, New York, the peers, Paul Lind had to drop by a few times, honey. You think, but you know what I find so fascinating is how much people don't know about these people. Like I recently fell into a hole of, of, of a series of books of Liberace and just finding out, like, you know, you know, the glamour side of it, you know, the end of it, but it's so great to hear their story for the beginning. And I'm quite excited because I thought Paul Lind was fucking hysterical so and funny. this shit he would get away I mean, with. I, 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 Paul, Paul Lind was super gay when yeah. he couldn't come out and say it, but he would walk to the line, stick his toe over, and stick it back. All of yeah. his one-liners in Hollywood Squares are hilarious. Um, 
I, the, I said this before, one of the first shows that I became an incredible a fan of as a little kid, like preschool, yeah. having my Campbell soup and my sandwich cut on an angle. Thanks, mom. Um, wow. And I would sit and I would watch that girl and Bewitched. And I oh. love both, but I really love Bewitched. And I really love Elizabeth Montgomery's sleeveless dresses and her heart locket and her blonde hair. And well, I didn't have that evil twin with the black of Serena, wasn't it? Serena. Serena. Oh, Sammy. See, there was years. There was years. I thought I was Serena, but now I've confessed to the fact that I'm Endora. I mean, it's just <laughs> that's just what I've become. A well, author who was played yeah. by Paul Lind. So many people on that production who were classic. Uh, of character actors yeah. that were sort of this ensemble uh, uh, were all gay or rumored to be gay, and Paul Lynn was a big part of that. So I can't wait. I love, I love the. I, I think Billy Eichner could pull it off. Um, now, what was he, the, he, he, Billy Eichner is gay, right? Yeah. Yeah, so the fact that he's even writing and developing, also, that's great. I always think it's important with those types of stories to have that queer voice to actually make it authentic yeah. and not some sugarcoat yeah. bullshit that people want to hear. You know, just basically the truth, you know? Yeah. Did he have an unhappy story? Like, how, what is the arc of his life? I feel, I don't know the full arc of it. I, you know, he, he started as a Broadway star in Bye Bye Birdie. Which yes. Then they brought him to the screen. But he's in so many funny movies and 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 uh, the, the that and then Hollywood Squares, which was a game show, but it was a game show watched by probably more people than watch television. The biggest thing on today, and he was hilarious and made everybody laugh. And uh, the center square was like the coveted spot. And years later, when they did the reboot of it, Joan Rivers was the coveted spot, and it was always the smart, funny one in the middle. I adored him. I yes. maybe tackle. I think he may have. There's some rumor, and this movie hopefully will clear it up. But I always felt like he died like of a heart attack, and someone might have thrown in the word poppers. I don't know this for a fact. They didn't sue me. Um, but you know, being a gay man and and being separated from your identity, it was is was is not, okay. not an easy thing. So yeah. he brought a lot of joy uh, to my life, and I, I can't wait to see what Billy Eichner does with the Paul Lynn story. Can poppers kill you? Well, we're all here. <laughs> I hope not. All right, uh, maybe we should take a break. Backyard Envy returning to Bravo, season two, August the 4th at 10 p.m. Uh, until then, watch the brand new season of Million Dollar Listings LA, Tuesday nights, 10 p.m. Bravo, and get caught up on Hulu or the Bravo app. Love it. When we come back, we'll reveal the number one thing that made us go wow this week. You're listening to The Wow Report on Radio Andy. You're listening to World of Wonders Wow Report. Things that make us go wow. All right, welcome back to the Wow Report. I'm Fenton here with Tom and Blake and our super duper special guest, Bianca Del Rio. Um, okay, we've been counting down the top 10 things that make us go wow. We've reached number one. But what is number one? Number one. I've had a lot to say about this other than just super bows, which is Maxine Waters, uh, who is in her 80s. Really? Yes. She looks uh, amazing. And has been representing her district for many, many, many years, since the 90s, I think. Yeah. Uh, was in her district, uh, driving along, probably being driven in an SUV, and she saw a black man being pulled over and detained by the police 
So she pulled over her car and the police said to her, it's all on tape, said to her, ma'am, you're going to get a ticket. She's like, I'm going to get a ticket. And she did get a ticket for like blocking traffic. But yeah, she yeah, goes, yeah. I got to be here for this. I got to take care of this. They ended up letting the guy go. She got a ticket. But yeah. um, how wonderful uh, that that she has that you know, presence of mind, you know, yeah. you know how things happen in life. You're like, just seconds go by. You're like, Oh, I wish I'd said, I guess you never yeah. think that yeah, you don't hold anything. No, in. But, you know, but it's like talking and walking and doing the right thing. You know, she, she's out there. She's the one that's getting, get involved. Talk about, it. she takes no one's bullshit. And I yeah. gotta say, if I was a police officer and saw Maxine coming my way, I'd be a little concerned. Yeah. What I was think- the, what was the what do you know what it was that he was being detained for? What were the inciting? I fit in the detail. I don't know much. I just know that Auntie Maxine, like a superhero, like yeah. Superman changing his clothes in a phone booth and just landing <laughs> on the scene. There was Auntie Maxine and she Not on my watch. Not yeah. on my watch. <laughs> yeah. And I, I have to say, you know, and and you know, uh, this is just something, but the whole defund the police thing which yeah. I think is just the worst name for it. I think it's like right. a really bad way of explaining a really progressive concept, which is let's reallocate yes. all of the too many things, the burdens, let's redelegate different things to different social departments and, and allocate money to cost those. So you're not just taking the money away from the police who I can't imagine as awful as police brutality is and it's pervasive and it needs to stop and we to figure out a different way. And, and that's why I'd like to fund the police, the concept behind the progressive movement. Yeah. We have to do something different, something, but you know, I, I can't imagine being a police officer today and I worry for them. And uh, I also worry for people that are, are victims of, of those brutal policemen, but hopefully culture's changing. But until then, Maxine Waters will show up at every, every police. Oh, I'm concerned. I never have to see her at a real job. Just have her driving around. That alone will scare these son of a bitches. If you saw Maxine, she is... In, in, in New Orleans, we used to call the police the popo. And we were like, oh, here comes the popo. But if we saw Maxine, it's like your mother with a slipper. Get the fuck away. I'm going to take care of your ass. And you would run. And maybe that's what we need. I say kudos to her. I love Maxine. Another reason to love her. Yes. We love Maxine. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all we got time for this week. Bianca, I can't thank you enough for joining us from your desert retreats. Um, desert retreat slash rehab center. <laughs> Everyone that comes to visit me doesn't have a problem. They just come here leaving with a problem. Yeah. See you in 60 days. <laughs> Dom, thank you. And Blake, thank you. Um, Tune in to the Wow Report on Radio Andy, Sirius XM. Previous episodes on our YouTube channel, Wow Presents. Same time, same place next week. Until then, don't go out. Or if you do go out, wear a mask and do something that makes the world go wow. 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 Let's drag race tonight. Yes. Ah.